and welcome to the Colts Cover 2 Podcast. I'm Joel A. Erickson. I'm joined, as always, by Nate Atkins. Uh, it is Wednesday. The Colts are going through a walkthrough today. We were hoping uh, we'll, to have talked to Jonathan Taylor by this point, but we have not. Um, he, will, he is practicing this week. Uh, they have started his practice window. He may play on Sunday. Let's, let's start there. Let's talk through the possibility of him playing. What, what's your take on it? Well, it's interesting. He hasn't practiced since week 13 of last season, so he missed the full offseason program. Obviously, he's sat out everything since then, so he's going to get a walkthrough today, and then you would think two practices. So it's like how much can he build up to game shape in two practices? I have a feeling that if he plays, you'd think that that would be on a pitch count. It just seems like a lot to go from. And he's been working out, by the way. He's been rehabbing. He posted a video of – or he's been – he posted a video of him running routes, uh, so it's not like he hasn't been moving around, but he has not practiced with pads. He hasn't practiced in this offense. I have to imagine that if we see him, it'll, it'll be on a pitch count, but obviously even that would be good to see. I I think I think that I, – I don't want to make a prediction or anything, but I, I kind of think that it's very possible that he plays. Um, just basing it off of Nick Bosa did not – um, so held out for 41 days in training camp, signed on, I think, Thursday, played on Sunday. Chris Jones held out and then played immediately. Um, and also, like, the kind of the stuff that people have been saying this week. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter was like, yeah, running backs can kind of just play. Today, Shane Sykin said, um, you know, guys get signed on Wednesday and start on or start on Sunday all the time. Like, Either either they're elaborately trying to lay down the possibility for the Titans that Jonathan Taylor is playing, or they actually think he could play. So um, I, I do I, just, I do think it's possible. I do think even even with the lack of practice time, I think it's it's possible that he could play because to some degree, to some degree, I don't think that for him I, he's going to have to learn some of the offense. And he's been in those meetings though. He's been doing that. In terms of the the knowing the plays and type of that that type of thing, and you do, there is like a feeling out process of chemistry with the offensive line, but that doesn't mean he doesn't know how to run an inside zone. Yeah, and it's different than like whenever the Colts bring back Jelani Woods. You know, he'll have come from a lot of inactivity. He's like he's just letting his hamstring heal. Can't mess with it at all. So he's that's the situation where like you maybe easing a guy back in, uh, Jonathan. Uh, let's just say he, I don't think he's had anything holding him back physically for a while. So, uh, I think he'll be, uh, I think he'll be ready to go as much as he wants to. And then it's just a matter of, um, kind of how much, how many reps they can get him in practice, how many plays they feel comfortable with. But, uh, you know, it's also the fact that he's done it before. This isn't an, really an unknown as a player. It's an electric player and one that they need in terms of, you know, the, the explosive possibilities that, that still is kind of standing out in the run game. There's one explosive runner they have at the moment, which is Anthony Richardson. Um, so to to add Jonathan to that, it, if he's if he's if he's ready to go, uh, you know, physically and and he he's engaged and he wants to, you know, I I would like I'd think that they would use him. I uh, I'm still hoping that we get to see the full effects of Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson being in the same backfield. We were talking about this in the media room today. Um, I I don't think that there's ever been a pairing quite like that in terms of explosive capabilities, what they can do. Um, I also think 
Shane Sykin keeps saying this is game by game. I, he kind of smiled at me when I started asking this because I've been asking it for a while. But I also think it's one of the ways to get them some single high looks. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, I also think it's a way to get them some single high looks in an NFL that's increasingly uh, populated by defenses that play shells and try to take explosives away. Now the Colts were able to create some explosives against the Rams last week with Anthony Richardson's arm. But um, I do think it might get easier if teams have to focus on Jonathan Taylor. Zach, Zach Moss has been good. I don't think that if you're a defensive coordinator, you're going in and saying, we can't let Zach Moss get in the open field because he'll kill us. Uh, I do think that you would say that about Taylor. If, if it's a healthy Taylor somewhere, even if it's not 2021 level, even if he's 2020 level, um, I think you would say that about Taylor. Yeah, if you think about it, like last Sunday against the Rams, you think about it from their perspective, they could play two high safeties because even if the Colts are running pretty well with Zach Moss, it's still what does that really what does that look like? It's you know maybe seven eight yards on good plays. You're still making them drive all the way down the field, have these long, you know, you know maybe eight nine ten play drives where at some point they're dropping back against Aaron Donald. So you run enough plays, you think a rookie quarterback offense, you know, with a game record like you have in Aaron Donald, it's going to go your way eventually, especially when the field tightens in the red zone. What Jonathan Taylor changes is that explosiveness where the good plays are now not going for seven or eight yards. They may be going for 30-plus yards. Occasionally they may go all the way to the house, and then you don't get to face them in the red zone. You don't get to – kind of shrink the field down and put that pressure on the rookie quarterback. So if they're running that way, you know, and, and especially where like even the, the average or, you know, the average runs are going for seven yards if they're playing too high safeties, like they're gonna, there's going to have to be an adjustment to that because then you're never getting them. And if you can't get them in third down, you have to at some point adjust to that. And I do think they have that possibility because, like you mentioned, there's never quite been this sort of mix of, the rushing upside of the quarterback with this kind of a running back. Uh, and I think the other thing here is the, the offensive system, too. Mike, Michael Vick and Michael Turner, um, I, I still don't think that Turner is at his, at his best was as explosive as Taylor. But, like, that was also an NFL that wasn't fully all in on some of the run concepts and, and read stuff that the Colts do now that other offenses do. Um, but but that, that one is probably the best one. Uh, Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson together had to, had a big rushing season, but Russell Wilson was not the same type of designed runs. Um, you know, Anthony Anthony Richardson broke off. I think like four of his first five or six runs on Sunday were, you know, eye catching, move the chains type runs. It was really all they had offensively in the first half. Some other some other tandems I'll throw out there from history: um, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram. That was a post Saints Mark Ingram, like post peak Mark Ingram. Um, Work done was teamed with Vic at one point. Again, that's post peak Warren done. Work done. Like I, I just don't know that we've ever seen it. Well, the one that comes closest to me is Cam Newton with Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. Those are two first round running backs. Now that was a group of threesome there. Uh, but you think about like this. What's so interesting about this current setup for the Colts is that they also have Zach Moss, who is your, you know, he can rack up carry he can take carries off the load of Jonathan Taylor he can also convert short yardage that's really his best skill set and that's 
what helped win that Baltimore game is just the number of first downs he churned out uh, with finishing through contact. And, you know, so you, you can you can use him as sort of the battering ram short yardage type of player. You know, you can use him in pass pro, which is, from what we've seen, not Jonathan Taylor's best strength. So then you can use Taylor fresh for the stuff he's best at, which is, you know, running explosively. And especially when you mix in the quarterback element to that where, you know, it's it's just really hard when, they, when they're doing some of the zone read RPO stuff to – overcompensate for either Jonathan Taylor or Anthony Richardson you mix it you know that's the that's the scheme part of it that Shane Steichen's bringing and then you bring in an offensive line that's Jonathan Taylor hasn't run behind an offensive line as quality as this in two years you know he never got that last year still managed four and a half yards of carry playing on a bum ankle playing behind what last year was a disastrous offensive line so this year he has you know at least I think probably an average offensive line. I guess we, that'll be the interesting thing is to see as far as this week what that group looks like because as of right now, Bernard Ryman and Ryan Kelly are still in the concussion protocol. So it may not be quite as good as as it can be, but at some point you'd like you'd think that you know they're on pace to get that whole group back out there at some point with Jonathan Taylor. If this all comes together and you mix in Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, Shane Steichen – in that offensive line, like I think they have all the upside in the world for what they could be as a run game. Like I, I honestly think they have like best rushing game in the NFL potential, which is interesting. I, I think I think a really interesting thing for me is against some of these teams that like to play shells and like to play coverage back and trying to take stuff away. You know, like I always think about like if you if you ever watch the Manning cast. Um, when whenever teams are playing that style, you'll hear Peyton keep saying, run into it, run into it, run into it, run into it. And you have to have a running game that's capable of making a team pay enough that they have to abandon that and try to keep the explosives from happening in the ground game. Taylor does that. Like Taylor Taylor forces them to do that. I, I don't think I think a lot of defenses are willing against a lot of running games to just to play that way and be like, okay, I don't think they can kill us that way. I mean, twenty twenty one Taylor could. The 2021 version of Jonathan Taylor could. Honestly, the back half of 2020, Jonathan Taylor could. Um, if you remember the Jacksonville game, his rookie year, that's a good example. Like, there, there's a a schematic opportunity, I think, there in against, again, you know, the way a lot of defenses are playing. Now, this week, the Titans aren't don't really fit in that category. They, they haven't really put they, – they're sort of more of a multiple blitzing, like, doing – a bunch of different stuff kind of defense but there's there's already been a lot of them i know somebody asked me and asked joel the other day how come you know that they they were, they they were angry and they said every you say that about everybody that they play in they play back and try to limit explosives yeah they they they, they all do because that's the way the nfl is going right now yeah and i even asked anthony about that today as you know last week was the first real sign we've seen of them taking shots and it came deep shots and it came when they were down 23 nothing and kind of felt like they had a had to and that was sort of Anthony making some stuff happen either with his legs scrambling out or just that bald Alec Pierce down the right sideline where he just sort of flicked his wrist and out through somebody you know I asked if this that was the start of something he said well we have to run the ball to get that like that was not a structured sort of situation some of those plays worked but that's also why it was 11 of 26 is it was a little haphazard for them to 
consistently take deep shots that are wise, you know, they need teams to really fear their run game. And that's where I think the I just think the ceiling for Jonathan Taylor changes this dramatically because they can they've had a fine enough run game, Zach Moss and Anthony Richardson together, but like we're saying, it just hasn't scared people it hasn't scared teams enough. And it's one of these things where the Colts, no matter how Anthony looks as a runner, they're only going to call so many designed quarterback runs right now because, you know, the story I'll be working on this week, they're trying, you know, they have to find a way to protect Anthony. They have to find a way to keep him on the field for him to develop as a passer in practice, in games. He has to be healthy enough. And it's there's just a balance there. And it's just not the same way you'd look at, you know, running back, uh, but they're in a they're in a nifty situation though with three of those where they can really divide up the workload to where not any one guy is kind of run down like we saw Zach Moss in Baltimore when they didn't have Anthony they didn't have Jonathan Taylor take thirty carries and play when he got rolled up on like what they're hoping for is those days are gone where not you know for for as long as those three are out there I'll say the weeks that they have all three available uh, they should be able to keep them pretty fresh in. If you're if you're in that spot where defenses have to equally play the quarterback versus the running back on the zone read stuff, like some of those plays are going to pop, and when they pop, you've got a quarterback who can run a four four three forty and a running back who can run a four three nine forty, and that's where all of a sudden you can see a lot more explosive plays come in, and that's for that, and also when they start going play action and throwing deep down the sidelines to Alec Pierce or Michael Pittman Jr. That's like. A lot of this has to come together. It's theoretical, but the makings are there for this to be pretty fun. I I still think um, this is the other piece of it that with the, with the podcast. I, I still I still keep thinking like if the pieces do come together. I think Anthony Richardson has played better than most people expected. Um, a small minority, vocal minority of fans who shall not be named might disagree, but. Um, but I think Anthony Richardson has played better than most people expected right away. And I just keep thinking this week after they lost that Rams game that what if there's a missed opportunity here in terms of competitiveness, in terms of the schedule? Um, if they're going to be in these games, could they have done more at spots like cornerback and the backup offensive line? Like if Bernard Ryman misses at a game, Misses another game. He had his concussion late last week. We don't. There's no, there's no way to predict like when he's going to be back. But I do. I, someone told me today. I haven't looked this up, but that Adam Schefter said that no player has um, returned from the concussion protocol yet this season. It f- before the next game, right? To play. Yeah. So Drew Ogletree got cleared. Got cleared, but they didn't play him. They didn't right. Play him. So, like, Ryman's was late enough in the week that. He's almost kind of – he's got a couple days on that time frame, but not not like – he doesn't have two weeks on the time frame, you know, because they, they told us on Tuesday that Blake Freeland essentially only had Friday to know, so that would put him getting the concussion on Thursday. Um, so there's a chance he misses again. If Blake Freeland's playing again, I think there's going to be issues on the offensive line against a, a, against a, a front like, the, like Tennessee's. Um, I, I keep thinking – thinking over this what if they're going to miss out on opportunity on an opportunity to get more wins here um and and granted i know that this season is about the development of anthony richardson but one of the ways for a quarterback to develop is to be in tighter games 
and bigger moments and yeah, playoff experience. You know, that that kind of stuff is is helpful and I think you in the NFL you don't turn down the chance or you shouldn't turn down the chance it wins if you get them. Cornerback specifically right now, if you talk through the options, it's Daryl Baker Jr., who really struggled the first two weeks. According to the Sports Info Solutions, which is the stat thing that I use, he was allowing 143 rating when thrown against. Jalen Jones has played seven snaps defensively in the NFL. I uh, this is where we were at the start of the season, but I'm Jalen Jones might be really good. Juju Brents has shown some stuff to start, but there are going to be growing pains, and it's also unlikely to have both rookies hit big in their first season. It just is. Like, yeah, we're we're seeing that the, it doesn't all come together right away. I mean, Juju Brents had a very nice debut in Baltimore and helped them win that game by forcing the fumble. But last week he got hit a little bit against. And he had and he had and he had the game. He had the biggest. He had a big mistake on the play on the last play of the game. Yeah, and he had he owned that and admitted like there's just things he hasn't seen yet. These are growing experiences. He's going to learn from them. But that's different than you know. The, the, that's what this year has become based on what they they set the team up for. But there is a road where they could be more than that. Like I, I really think if this team gets Jonathan Taylor back on the field and can keep those Taylor, Richardson, and, and Moss healthy and on the field together, like this can be a playoff team. Uh, just changing the way that I, I – because of, because of kind of how ready Anthony is is what's changed that conversation – the Colts have not given themselves enough chance at some of that. And it, honestly, it even goes to Taylor. Like, I think about what the record would be right now if he played all four games. I mean, you could certainly argue week one, and you wrote this pretty much at the time, is that the running backs had 16 carries for 25 yards that game. And who knows, if it's if it's Taylor out there and he's a much, much better player than that, maybe that lead doesn't slip away the way it does. Uh, you know, last week I definitely think it's the Rams. Like, they needed something other than just relying on big passing plays, kind of out of structure. Like they they kind of froze up at the end, had that three and out. Like if they have Jonathan Taylor going against a defense that's playing those two high looks, like that was an overtime game. So you have, you could certainly see them winning that. So that's what'll be interesting as they get to the end of the year. Did they did they cost themselves by not? getting things resolved with their running back, their star running back enough to get him out there for the first four games. That all, to me, adds to the conversation about what they haven't done at corner, uh, what they haven't done with the backup offensive line. On one hand, it's like, yes, this is an evaluation year. It's probably not like a Super Bowl contending year, no matter how this goes. That's just a that's just too much to put on a rookie quarterback. But to your point, like, if they had a chance to make the playoffs and give Anthony Richardson that experience and give this, this team, this coaching staff, that chance – the way that like the Giants got year one with Brian Dable, um, Eagles uh, the first Sirianni year. I know it wasn't yeah. it wasn't it was Jalen Hurts' first full year as a starter. It wasn't his first year in the NFL, but it was his first full year as a starter. I think I think that helped. I think that helped what happened last year with the Eagles and the fact that they're four and zero now, right? Absolutely, because it also told them kind of what the next evolution of their growth pattern was. Because that Eagles team. Gets into the playoffs, are a great running team. They go up against the Buccaneers, who obviously were much better. But what got exposed was sort of the lack of a passing game that they had. So they had to figure out what's the next step with Jalen Hurts. How do we get him? Teams had started to play Jalen Hurts at that time for what they saw on film, which was 
he throws to the sidelines, not so much over the middle. So the Eagles thought, how do we get him confident over the middle? They went out and they traded for A.J. Brown, gave him this big bowling receiver that made him feel like someone was open even when he wasn't, and that trust built forward, and they made the Super Bowl run. Instead, this year, they're just sort of delaying that kind of growth here in Indy if they can't get close enough to get those answers, if they can't have that moment in the playoffs where it's like Bill Cowher always says, your strengths get you in the playoffs and your weaknesses get you out, so you learn a lot from a playoff loss of here's what we need to go add. I just They've delayed a little bit of the ascension by – in some ways that I, I don't think they needed to. Now, I understand, like, maybe this wasn't the year to go sign a Stephon Gilmore like last year, but there were moves they could have made as far as – Cheap getting, ones. Cheap ones. That's, as far I as, think that's part of this conversation, yeah. too, is, like, we're not – you just you just point, pointed this out, but we're, we're not saying, like, they should have gone out and signed five big-ticket free agents and locked up their cap. That's not what I'm saying. Like, but even even a little bit of experience depth would have helped at cornerback. I mean, you're looking yeah. like I, like I said right now. What you're looking at is an an undrafted a, sec, a former undrafted free agent in his second year who's already been benched not not just benched out of the starting lineup, benched to inactive, um, or a seventh round pick who has seven who's played seven snaps on defense so far, and and maybe that hits. And if it hits and everything looks good and you're winning games, it, it'll seem great. But that's the unlikely scenario is that everything hits. They've already made – we talked about this corner position at the beginning of training camp. We talked about it at roster cuts. We talked about it going into the season. It's been four games. They've already had to make two major lineup changes. What if Juju Brents gets hurt? Well, that's the other thing too. What, is if, they, what, if, what if whoever they pick in this competition they're having this weekend goes down? Yeah. They're setting it up too where now based on what they're – they're, they're faced with Juju Brents is your full-time, full-go, number one outside corner. And two weeks ago, they didn't trust him to play in a game. I mean, that is like such a fast ascension. Like, there's, one th- there's something to be said about getting these guys reps and throwing them in, but I also think it helps to give them steps. You know, like let a guy be your third best corner until he has to, like, you know, let him walk before he runs and then, like, work his way up. I just – I don't know. It just was interesting to me that they lost Isaiah Rogers to the suspension. There were guys out there that they could have signed for, you know, a lot of deals that went for four million or less, um, which they had lying around. Just, just some guy to have out there that would. And it seems like to be the thing that this coaching staff wants is they keep bringing up like we have youth, so we're going to make mistakes. You'd like to think where they're in a spot where they say that doesn't feel inevitable to them. Like they, like maybe they have an injury and that's what you're forced with, but uh, they certainly could have, they certainly could have done some things different. Um, little fun thing today, just as an interlude and a little fun thing today, Anthony Richardson's 360 spike. You're going to see that a lot. It sounds like, um, I like it. It feels like a dunk contest thing to me. Um, he, he said that he was looking for a signature celebration, which I think some people, are going to get upset about that, but like Aaron Rodgers had the the championship belt celebration that turned into an ad campaign. He he did he's basically done that his entire career. Cam Newton had the Superman uh, pose after touchdowns. I was trying to think of another one. I think there is another one, but I, I can't think of. Like it's just not that out of the ordinary for a quarterback to do that. I don't really see the harm in it. Um, Anthony's is sort of fun because you get to see all of his athleticism explode. 
in at the end of a run that you've probably already seen his athleticism explode on. Um, he said he was not looking for it. Uh, it just sort of happened, and then people were like, hey, you should make that thing. I, I still think this is just a gentle suggestion. I think that he could just make it like dunk contest stuff. Like we could we could just keep going with it. You could have a kiss the crossbar to in, as an homage to Michael Jordan's kiss the rim dunk. You could. Um, I, I was trying to figure out the leap from the goal line one is tougher because you don't want to like pull up next to the goal line and have something happen happen like what happened in Houston. But like if you jumped from the goal line and tried to get to the end line, like you know that would be like the jump from the free throw line. Maybe it would have to. <laughs> He would have to so outrun everybody to have a chance. To between miss, the maybe legs, maybe he can do the the backflip into the end zone. Between the legs is is an uh, between the legs dunk is obvious. That's an obvious extension of the three sixty spike. Obvious. The Isaiah Ryder through the legs. I'm yeah. Trying to think of like you can't really get it's it's in the middle of a play, so you can't necessarily get like some of the props these guys use now. But you can use your teammates as props. You can use your teammates as dunk props. Yeah, I think there's some teammates who'd be willing to get dunked on. Yeah, like or jumped over, you know. There, there's some stuff we can do here. Like, I think I think the 360 spike is good, but let's just go full dunk contest with it. If they Anthony get Richardson Kylan, gets if they get in the end, he's dunk contest. Kylan Granson working on this. They'll come up with the good stuff. He's obsessed with coming up with uh, touchdown Look, celebrations. The prep, the prep would be the most fun ever. You just sit there and watch YouTube highlights of old dunk contests. I may or may not have done that on a random day in February last year, just for the heck of it. It's the easiest, most fun prep of, of like an off day ever. On another note, it's kind of a fun evolution. Just everything with Anthony is watching him grow up a little bit or go through these things for the first time. And you know, I was there in Philly when he scored his first his first touchdown rushing. Actually, I think it was his first touchdown of any kind there. And he uh, he just runs through and he does the fly eagles fly celebration and you know everyone lost their minds that he was doing that in philly and after the game he said he was there thinking before the game of like what am i actually going to do when i get in the end zone and he's like trying to look up stuff people do and he just looked up what what do the eagles do because that's where he was and then kind of realized after that like okay well <laughs> you can't go, it's a little much to go into every road stadium and like do something that mocks the he wasn't doing it mean-spirited, but he he's kind of saw how that would come off, which has just kind of been an interesting path for him since he was at Florida of understanding, kind of finding his, his way and finding it to be his own and make it harmless. Like when he got to Florida, you know, he started the AR-15 marketing campaign, and then, you know, he backed off that once, you know, it became an issue with, with some shootings. And so he's been in this kind of, path for a few few years now of trying to figure out like what's his what's his way what's his style that's that could be uniquely him that's also not going to rub people the wrong way and I think the dunk and the 360 spike that type of stuff it really just takes him back to those days in the park uh, behind his house in Gainesville where he would backflip off of uh, you know black picnic table or um, you know jump into the sand pits and uh, that's kind of his natural thing but also it's the it's the thing that he can do a quarterback that almost no one else can. That those skills at the NFL Combine that set records for a quarterback, like this, is kind of his way to like bottle all that potential up and display it in something that's both fun and childlike and uniquely him. And it's just kind of hey, a cool moment. Okay, so I, I'm looking at the top ten dunks as according to Sports Center from the dunk contest. Blowing out the candle on the rim. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know where you're gonna get candle. 
It'd be funny if you could set one up on the some of post. some of them, some of them uh, have issues with like footballs don't bounce correctly. It's hard to throw stuff off the backboard. Although if you pulled off throwing one off the goalpost to himself for for something, that w- I would I would very much enjoy that. I just don't know if you can believe the football is going to do that. You could um, work on it. Taking the ball from the mascot is that against NFL rules? Is he allowed to touch blue? I don't know. Blue like would love one. to get involved. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, uh, taking the ball from jumping over and taking the ball from blue into a spike. That's let's do that. <laughs> Even if just in a social media post. Um, the D Brown, I'm not looking. Where you hold your arm over your oh, yeah. eyes. That's a good one. That that one definitely plays. Uh. Yeah, the, some of the ones with props, though, it's a little bit tougher because it's in the moment. You can't plan it, you know? Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, I, I think I think I've covered most of the really good ones. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to use props, you have to be at home. You have to hide it in the goalpost, a la Johorn, and be willing to pay a fine. So Can it's you, a lot going into it. He could do a left-handed spike. He does have left-handed skills. Exactly, like a left, uh, if a uh, 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 like an emphatic left-hand spike would work. Yeah, he threw that left-handed pass out of bounds harder a than a three-sixty left-handed a three-three-sixty left-handed spike. I, I would because because of the degree of difficulty, like that wouldn't catch your eye as much in the dunk contest, but it would work here. Um. Anyway, I'm just throwing it out there. The three-sixty spike, I think, is good. I'm just saying that you know we we can have a little more fun with it. Yeah. We can get a little crazier with it. Even even if this only just turns into like, you know, a cult social media post or something or a commercial. It'd be a good commercial. He'd be down for it. Again, this is how he used to spend his childhood is going into the into that park and figuring out what crazy things he can do next. Using palm trees and picnic tables. We all did this, but we were all less capable than him. <laughs> yes. Ours led to some bad injuries. <laughs> All of us tried to do the dunk contest stuff, but like I did it on like a six foot hoop or something when I was like ten or seven. Yeah, I used a jumping off a garage onto a trampoline. That is not. That's not smart. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little reckless. I don't know if I would let my sons do that. They're gonna try, I'm sure, but <laughs> that's that's not the smartest thing ever. Um, okay, that's that's been the the spike talk. I, maybe you guys don't like it. Maybe you guys do. I, I just think I I, just, I like my dunk contest idea. It's right up there. It's right up there with my uh, the Colts need a live horse idea. I think Anthony should ride in on a live horse. That would be pretty cool. Let's be honest. Like for they, the, they'd like, have to really practice because like it's a little for, dangerous, but it's for introductions. Yeah, some riding in on a horse. I think if it's the right horse, it's not super dangerous. Yeah, the horse just has to get to know the owner. So it's just like practice. It's like everything else. Practice reps. Do you know lots about riding horses? Is this something we bit. didn't? Is this something we didn't know about you? I don't know anything about riding horses. Oh, a little I've bit. Done it once. Yeah, my uh, my whole family has. A, there's a farm that dates back forever that we go. There we go. Ride some horses on. So Nate can double as both. This means this means that your per, that means this, this means that you can help my plan. You can both write for the star and take care of the live horse that the Colts needed as a mascot. But if Anthony on gets hurt day. on that, I am in big trouble. Yeah, that's that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that's, that's the job. I don't know how are we, how much are you offering. I'm not offering anything. I'm just the idea man. 
how about I just write about it? That's <laughs> less pressure. <laughs> I'm a little scared now. Um, Football-wise, the Titans, uh, this is going to be an interesting game. Titans are not playing that well offensively. Like, Derrick Henry had a good game last week, but he's only averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Um, he's had some really bad games. Wasn't there a game, like, wasn't it an opener, like, seven carries for, like, five yards or something? Yeah, I really know he had bad. 11 carries for 20 against the Browns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's he's had some really bad games. Um, Ryan Tannehill has two touchdowns and four picks so far. He's only completing 62% of his passes. The, it's an interesting game. This is, like, in terms of passing games, they've already had to play Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, and Matthew Stafford. Tannehill doesn't rise to that level. Nope. Um they obviously have DeAndre Hopkins, who leads the team in receiving right now, but he doesn't have the right quarterback getting it to him. So it's it's a they're a little bit less vulnerable on defense, even with the secondary situation, just because of who they're going against. Um, I don't know. It feels like it feels like this isn't how the season's gone necessarily, but it feels like every time we we start doing these games, I, I see a scenario where it's like a Raven style game where it's just a bunch of field goals and people aren't really moving the ball that much. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's fair because the yeah, the defensive matchup is much more in the Colts' favor, though I will say I still think DeAndre Hopkins is going to give them problems. He's he's looking a lot better uh, than he has in recent years. He's, he's, he's going to win some matchups on the outside, and they'll just throw it up to him at times and let him go. Uh, but – for the most part, it is is a much easier matchup there. On the flip side, though, like the Titans, the best thing they do is stop the run. So it's an interesting time to bring back, you know, Jonathan Taylor if he's able to play. You know, there's the we've talked about the excitement that's within that, but it's also going to be a matchup this week where don't know if they'll have Bernard Ryman, don't know if they'll have Ryan Kelly. If they do, those guys are also coming back off of missing time trying to get this to work with Jonathan Taylor adding into this potentially there's just enough moving parts I think it's gonna be could be hard for them to run we'll see maybe they'll maybe they'll, maybe they'll hit the ground running with all this and it won't matter how Ooh, good the Titans that are. was a pun you like that hit the ground running uh quarterbacks they have played so far Derek Carr non-runner uh Justin Herbert run a little bit but not in like a designed runway Deshaun Watson I, I don't know I haven't watched him do you, do you know are they doing design run stuff yeah. with him not a ton, but they are. Uh, and then last week was Joe Burrow, whose calf precludes him from that and didn't really do that anyway. So I think that might be an interesting piece of this. The Titans haven't really faced a Richardson-style weapon yet this season. Yeah, and it's interesting if this is the game Taylor comes back for is it's sort of a reunion almost at the exact point a year later from when this all started with him having the high ankle sprain last year. And I bring that up against the Titans. The reason I bring that up is that what the Titans could do back then was just send everyone like a heat-seeking missile after Jonathan Taylor in the run game because it was Matt Ryan handing off, and obviously obviously he's not going to keep the ball or do stuff with it if he does. Uh, you know, even on play action, they could just they, – they could game plan to where they were just going to take Jonathan Taylor out. It's a different situation – with Anthony Richardson and what happens if he keeps the ball. And especially when you add in some of the, you know, tricky ways that Shane Steichen is drawing up for Anthony Richardson to run the ball, like that play uh, against the Texans where they had the whole, whole offense moving left and he kind of snuck around the right behind Kylan Granson for the touchdown. 
Uh, so there's going to be things like that where they're they're going to need to get creative because the traditional just drop back, hand it off, run up the middle, or, or just run traditionally has not worked against the Titans. They, they That's the best thing that they do is stop that. It's sort of – that's the Mike Vrabel effect um, where they just kind of – Super well coached against the run. They got Jeffrey Simmons up front messing things up. So it's just really hard to do it that way. But Anthony, who knows? Maybe that maybe that can add something to it. And also, like I said, it, depending on what Jonathan Taylor's workload is, if he can play this week, having a fresh back out there all the time is also going to help. I'll be interested to see how the Colts uh, play against the Titans. This has been a, a team that's been a uh, – it, it, this is not the version of the Titans that the Colts have been going up against in the last however many seasons, but there is still some – I think there's still some some leftover within at least – I don't think with this coaching staff really, not with the Colts coaching staff, but with I think the front office and stuff. There's some – I know definitely with Jim Mercer that he cares very much about beating the Titans. So yeah, they don't matter to the pl- It'll matter to the players too. They'll downplay this. Uh, <laughs> this is how this – this is what's always funny to me about – covering this league is a lot of times in these type of situations uh teams will downplay stuff during the week about how personal it is and does that matter but then they have a lot to say if they win about how much it matters i have a feeling that that could be what we're looking at here some of the players think about cornerstone starters on this team i haven't seen this team beat the titans so it's been a long time uh since they have done that and not only that but the way those losses have gone have been very, very physical. It's been the Titans really get something about kind of being two teams that are built in the trenches, especially on, at least on offense, Colts offensive offense built through the trenches. They love just dominating them in that spot and chirping and all that. So I have a feeling like this, the Colts would love to get them back here. And so uh, that would be, it'd be interesting to watch how that plays out as, can they get over that hump? If they can, I think that it's going to show a lot of growth in the Colts' offensive line because this is a matchup they've just consistently lost uh, for five straight games now. And we're talking a lot about how improved they are this season, and the numbers are showing that. But this will be one of those tests. And we'll see – again, we'll see if they have their full guys out there or whatnot. But um, if they do, guys like Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, like they've, they've been – They've been smacked by these guys for a while. It'd be interesting to see them sort of smack back. Uh, it would be a nice kind of uh, weight off their shoulders. And then same thing goes for Colts defense, I think. Even though this has not been like a, you know, it's not usually like a shootout type of matchup. Um, them being the aggressors, them being the ones who can finish and put a game away, I think it would be a nice confidence boost for them too, uh, especially as they're sort of in this transition now where they're trying to catch these super young outside cornerbacks up to the standard of the rest of the group. So, uh, I don't know. It's one of those where if they win, if they win this game, they'll have beaten the Titans, broken that streak, and also they'll have they'll be in first place AFC South, and they'll have broken a seven-game home losing streak. So, it's just one of those moments where if they can get it done, I think there'd be a little bit of weight lifted. If they can't, um, you know, that's where it's just one game, but it feeds a little bit more into kind of – are they ready to get over the hump or not? So it's interesting in that way. Yeah, uh, interesting to see what happens. This, this, the the last week's game, it felt like for a long time that it was just sort of a dud, the first dud of the season, and it turned into not a dud. 
and I think that that makes these games more exciting going forward for me. Uh, I think that's all from us for the for this week. We'll be back after uh, the game on Sunday for the first impressions edition. But this has been the Colts Cover Two podcast. I'm Joel A. Erickson. This has been Nate Atkins, and we will have plenty on both Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor at IndyStar.com over the rest of the week. Thank you.